Joining us on the line is economist Andrew Pyle from the Pyle Group, Scotia Wealth Management. Andrew, great to have you on the line. Great to be here, guys. Uh, let's talk about, uh, well, we, we kind of touched on this uh, last discussion last week, uh, that the economy is kind of in a weird situation where the strength in the stock market really shouldn't be there. No, it's, it looks like a real disconnect. If you look at the first quarter, uh, stock markets um, basically had their best quarter. The U.S. stock market said it's had their best mar- uh, quarter since 2010. So this was a monster of a rally. If we're looking at the Dow Jones, John, we were up about 11% the quarter. The S&P 500 was up 13 And you know what? The TSX wasn't too shabby. We were up about 12.4%. Yet against that backdrop, all you heard throughout the quarter was how weak the economy was looking, uh, how weak earnings were looking. So I think a lot of investors probably waking up April 1st, looking at this quarter and wondering, you know, how do we get that with such a weak uh, or apparently such a weak economy? Does this cause uh, folks like like you who look at the numbers historically, does this cause you concern? Because isn't it better when things are just right in the world? You know, if if the indicators aren't great, the stocks go down. That's normal. Does it does it freak you at all when when what should happen doesn't? Exactly. Whenever you see a disconnect, John, the radar goes up. Um, because, and I think we touched on this the last time, is, you know, the other thing that was happening in the first quarter, in addition to the stock markets having a great quarter, uh, was the bond market. Uh, and the bond market has done exceptionally well to the point now where, of course, I mean, a, a lot of our listeners may have, you know, listened to the news last week about how the U.S. yield curve uh, inverted. In other words, you know, long-term rates are below short-term rates, and oh my God, this is going to cause a recession. So, you know, a monster of a rally in both markets, and that always gets my radar up because, again, those two things aren't supposed to happen. Now, I will say this, John, that stock markets are supposed to predict the future, supposedly. And when you look back at last year, and we remember how bad the fourth quarter was, right. markets falling, you could look back on that, John, and say, well, you know what? That's exactly what happened. The markets were going down, and they predicted that the first quarter wasn't going to be a great quarter. Our listeners now are going to say, well, hold on. We're up 12% now. Does that mean the economy is going to start you know, rallying into next year? That would be like, you know, judging by what's happened, you, could you draw that conclusion? Is that, is that fair? I think it's somewhat fair, John. So I think, you know, I think people really got carried away in the fourth quarter in terms of how weak things were or how right. thing, weak things were going to get. And we saw the same pessimism last week with the whole yield curve story. And then we wake up this morning, John, and guess what? China just released uh, very, very good um, business data overnight, suggesting that their economy is doing fine. And it wouldn't surprise me, John, if in the second quarter we'll start to see uh, better economic numbers coming out of the states and better economic numbers out of Canada. And we'll see a lot of this tension probably fade, but then someone's going to say, well, but that's what the market was suggesting was going to happen. We were going to get this rebound or reacceleration in the economy. So, you know, there's a big question mark around that right now, John. I don't want people to walk away from today's discussion and think that we're going to have a fantastic economy. But, you know, clearly the markets are thinking that it's not as bad as what everyone said. Uh, but I still remember, you know, in the sort of late to, to you know, mid to late 2000s, where we thought the same thing. Everything was looking great. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and it's what? Yeah, ex- exactly. And I, I think the, the litmus test for this year is going to be if all of the things that have caused the markets to rally in the last three months, John. So the Federal Reserve is not going to raise rates. Uh, we're not going to have a trade war with China. If those things actually came true. And we didn't see any more rate hikes uh, in either Canada or the States for this year. 
Um, then I think the economy probably grinds along and we don't see any hiccups. We don't see a recession, at least until we get well into next year. But of course, as you and I both know, we're going to wake up one morning and something has changed again. It could be with respect to China trade. Or guess what? Maybe the economy is so strong that the Federal Reserve decides, no, you know what? Maybe we could raise rates again. And then all bets are off. So this really depends on whether Goldilocks uh, remains in the House or not. Uh, this year. Right now, she's she's firmly entrenched in the House and the markets like it, and the markets are up again this morning. What about the fact that we're, you know, I mean, we're still a ways away, but there's certainly all talk now about elections both here in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, is that going to start factoring into the way the stocks are going to be, um, be looking over the next little while? Well, I think for Canada, probably not, John. I mean, again, you know, global markets are not going to be watching what's going on in right. Canada. Uh, they're more interested, obviously, in what's going on in the United Kingdom right now with respect to Brexit. Um, for us here at home, I think it would really depend on whether we were going to see a shift in this election. Right now, everyone believes that, you know, perhaps the government stays in power. So probably nothing really for the markets to bite onto. Where this gets interesting, John, is next year, because 2020 is when we get the U.S. presidential election. And a lot could change <clears throat> between now and then, uh, especially from an economic point of view. So. I think the markets are going to be a lot more uh, curious as to what the political roadmap looks like after 2020. And, and that will start getting interesting probably a year from today. Andrew, uh, this is fascinating information. What do you suggest people do as we sit on this precipice a little bit? What's your recommendation? Well, John, every time we get in the second quarter, you and I talk about taking a look at your portfolio, maybe mm -hmm. doing a little bit of spring cleaning, right? Just like you're going to purge your basement and your and your garage, you may want to take a look at your portfolio because, again, uh, for anyone that's got stocks in their portfolio, they probably had a pretty good quarter. However, it's possible that maybe now you've got a little bit too much exposure to that market. So this is a great time to pull out your statements, take a look at where things lie, talk to your advisor, uh, and make sure that you're positioned well as we go into the summer months. Sounds good. Andrew, if people want more information or they want to get to check out some of your uh, webcasts and your newsletter, where should they go? Well, John, they can reach out to us through our website at pilegroup.ca and they'll find a lot of interesting information, research, and of course, the newsletters that we put out every Friday. Uh, last Friday's talked about this very topic, what happens when the yield curve inverts. So uh, pilegroup.ca and they can find all that information there, John. Andrew, thanks for joining us on Talk to the Town. John, my pleasure. It was great.